Hello everyone, this is Devin, and I wanted to make a real quick content warning for the rest of the podcast. There's a lot of swearing, sex, cursing, talking about sexuality and gender, and we kind of delve into a lot of topics that aren't necessarily for all people, and that's perfectly fine. But I also don't want to spring any of it on you. We're really big on safety tools and letting everyone know kind of where we're we're at with things. So again, if you know if you don't want to hear anything about you know using safety tools, um, sex at the table or on the table for that matter, or sex at all, or sexuality, queerness, queer scenarios, you know all sorts of things that may not be your cup of tea. This is your content warning. Now is the time to turn the podcast off. Go find something else that you really enjoy listening to. Because once you hear that lovely little sound that tells you that there's been a transition happening, this shit gets pretty interesting, to say the least. This is the Quip and Quill podcast. I'm your host, Devin Rue, professional fantasy cartographer and illustrator. And I'm Simon, also known as Wandering DM, and I'm your co-host and a professional narrative designer. So, how did we meet? Well, Why are we doing a pod- podcast together? <laughs> You're an elder god. <laughs> No, but it was about oh. something elder. Oh, you know, my, okay. my segue actually had like oh, a logical so reason. Funny. Like there was, I was getting somewhere. Right. I didn't know um, if I was going to leave that part in. So yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, that's how we met, right? We met because I trolled a friend of mine in Elder Scrolls Online. No, we, well, yes. Yeah. But we became friends because I asked you to DM for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Afterwards. Okay, so you... Yeah. I thought, like, the very first meeting... Right. No, was when, when we uh, actually, you and Kelly were playing. Right. I mean, yes. But we didn't really start talking at that point. And I didn't want to be like, hey, do you remember that you actually were trolling Kelly and that's how we met? Or didn't you... Or do you consider the friend? Here's the thing. You know, it's kind of like when you're dating somebody and one of them celebrates the anniversary of your first date and the other one doesn't celebrate until you were officially asked out. <laughs> so how did yeah, we no. become friends? So officially that, yeah, <laughs> that that Elder Scroll thing aside. Well, it started with that. And then what happened is we started grouping together in ESO. Yes a few times and then there was this one time i think we played until four well my my 4 a.m which for you on on your coast is a lot um earlier it's 1 a.m yeah like two or three hours difference and uh yeah and i think it's the day after because we talked about villainous campaigns which you know we're going to talk about uh tonight apparently and um, we briefly talked about it. I think we talked about like our experiences with it, yada, yada. And then you reached out to me very soon after and you're like, hey, I want you to GM a villainous campaign for me. 
Yes. I was like, fucking sure. Come um, play pirates with me. And then we played the horniest game I have ever GM'd. <laughs> yep. Yep. And oddly enough, my character wasn't the one that was having sex. You did. Not in game. She actually didn't have sex with anybody in game. With anybody? With anybody. All sex was had previous to when our game started. Yeah, there was just a lot of thirst. Oh, hell yeah. No, yeah, because she she likes to, uh, Genonia likes to um, make people uncomfortable by just being very openly sexual with things and, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember blushing more than once. Yeah, I, I remember losing my words more than once in, in that game. <laughs> it was a really see, fun game. Yeah, like for, for our me. listeners, I am. I am an utter innocent soul. Uh, I am pure of heart. Absolutely full of shit. And uh, I have never had a single impure thought. Soul in as my life. black as <laughs> as the night as. Strahd's underwear <laughs> says says the guy who asked prior to recording. Hey, this is age gated, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Because you know damn well where, where all of our conversations are going. Yes, it's actually <laughs> it's actually a subject that um, I think we're going to touch on maybe in a future episode. Uh, but like sex and romance in, in TTRPGs. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of it that has to do with safety tools, of course. Uh, there's a big intersection with that and trust at the table. Uh, but it's it's fun to have if everyone uh, buys in. Yes. And um, well, before we get into that, let's let's sort of explain this podcast, how it came to fruition and what the fuck we plan on doing with it. That would be a great idea. Right. Let's almost like dive into like the point of doing this right now cool i will let you take the lead <laughs> so uh so i wanted to do something uh since covid struck and everyone was isolated you know everyone was playing games blah 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 and the world is slowly going back to normal but people like me who are immune compromised are not and i am still uh quarantined stuck at home really can't go out and do anything so I don't get to go to comic cons I don't get to go to any kind of gatherings or whatever and uh, I was trying to figure out a way to still be social and it and have something to do with work that you know have a reason to because as creatives for some reason we don't ever want to like schedule time with our friends but if it's work related we absolutely go out of our way to make time uh, there's something to say about, you know, gig culture and, and in our field. Absolutely. So uh, I was like, hey, I mean, two birds, one stone. I get to be social. I get to talk to a lot of people in the industry that I really haven't ever been able to, like, sit down and talk to before. And then while I was talking to these people and really enjoying it, I invited you on originally to be a guest, but I mean, we're such really good friends that it just makes far more sense to have you on with me all the time than it does really anything else. And also because we're so good at talking shit. 
Yeah, this has nothing to do with the fact that I'm currently chained up in your basement. No, not at all. I told you you need to pay off your debt. And when you're done, I might consider release you. He puts on the podcast or he gets the hose or something like that. Right, right. He talks into the mic or he gets the hose again. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> also because, you know, you're the only one I know that I that I have this uh, repertoire with who also has the same kind of um, voice. Thank you. You're welcome. I will now go into my late night voice. Right. I'm always in my late night voice. Uh, technically, so do I, looking at the clock right now. Right. So, yeah, and then you were, like, you know, stupid enough to say yes. Yeah, I know. It's weird, right? Right. It's almost like you like me. Yeah, it's it's almost like what we're doing right now is things that we've been doing... Every Tuesday. For, every Tuesday for years now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So it's weird because, you know, for those that don't know, Tuesday nights are our game night, but we no longer, or sometimes, uh, don't actually play like a tabletop RPG. Instead, we play video games together or separately and just talk to each other because mm -hmm. we're our Tuesday night social group. Separately, because the game we want to play is not yet offered co-op. Just uh, say. Right. And if you happen to be someone who is working on Medieval Dynasty, can you hurry the fuck up? <laughs> I need to flex my resource management skills. Yeah, I need to get lost and eaten by a bear. <laughs> Don't Which this, this sentence, yeah, can go so many ways. Right. Just like you. Just like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We really, really got to know each other, though, when we did play a villainous campaign. And the great thing is, is that, you know, we, we, I think up until that point, and I, I tried to fair warn everybody who was going to be at our table that not only am I huge into role play, I'm a LARPer. That, you know, I get, uh, I do a lot of yes and, but mostly with my own brain. So if my brain goes, wouldn't it be funny if your character walked around naked all the time? Yeah, yeah, it would. Let's do this. That's why you thought she had sex all the time, because she was always naked. No, it's because there were a lot of, like, sex having... Or actually, no, my bad. There was a lot of thirst. Right. Right. And um, and a lot of. There was a lot of like table talk around some of the NPCs I had created. Right. Um, I would like to point out that you were our GM, so you created. Our NPCs, so if if there was a thirst going on, it's because you caused it. Well, yeah, the, um, I, I tend to create hot people. Very. <laughs> you also are really good at playing an asshole. <laughs> she said playing. <laughs> uh. I didn't say with, though. <laughs> I mean, you might be, but I don't know that personally. But um, I'm just going to assume yes. Yeah, but, but that goes into playing evil characters uh, and, <laughs> and villainous. And it's also something that my... My acting teacher way back when uh, told me I would be good at. 
being an asshole. Yeah, no, villains. What kind of podcast are we, Simon? Uh, we're a hobby podcast. I think that is the most generic thing I could have said. But basically, basically, aside from an excuse for us to sit down and talk with the people that uh, we enjoy spending time with, uh, to also make you discover people that you might not have heard of uh, and uh, get to know like what they're doing, the projects they're working on, but also the facets of the industry, not just in the TTRPG world, uh, but it goes also we're going to branch into video games. We're going to branch into any of our um uh, hyper fixations of the moment i guess right but also the things that we've been fan of since forever yes i i you know i being a, a narrative designer there's a lot of things that i've uh, done and studied and and yada yada about you know storytelling and gming and all that devon um Devin's really good at doodling i heard um nope, a little bit it's not too bad but Not yeah, enough to make a living off of it or anything. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, there's the whole, you know, cartography thing, but there's also other things um, that I feel like I know stuff that you've done in your life, Devin, that a lot of people seem to not know about. This is true. Art, art, art wise. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, not that I don't ever want to talk about the stuff that I've done. I just don't think about it until it's like part of a conversation which mm-hmm. is the other reason I wanted to do this because uh I, well first off I I wanted to do it because I love world building and I love the whole creative process behind it and I wanted to talk to other people who world build or create NPCs but then of course I always want to talk to artists as well because I'm absolutely fascinated with their process and then once I started talking to people it ended up you know hearing their thoughts on on how how it is to work in this industry and getting to work in an industry where it's one of your favorite hobbies at the same time is both the most amazing thing and one of the most difficult things to do because it's you have to be super careful not to hate the thing that you love so much mm-hmm. because it's also your job but yeah, so I, I wanted to uh, to do it and actually talk about being a creative in general and then what that means in our daily life because it goes well beyond what we do for a living and why it spills over into our gaming and not just at like playing D&D or like why we role play while we play video games included because we can. We are more than just the content we produce. We are? We should. I mean, oh, okay. yes. It's not what the, capi- the capitalist machine is going to uh, to want of us, but right. Yeah, no. Well, clearly, because we're making a podcast that nobody fucking asked for. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of me almost mangling the word capitalist, mm. uh, listeners, you will hear me mangle a lot of words because English is not my first language. Uh, as you may have seen or heard. So I I apologize as a good Canadian in advance uh, for any words that I will butcher inadvertently. I do not apologize for any word I butcher voluntarily because I'm an asshole. 
Right. You will hear me butcher things just because uh, I do. I have no fucking excuse. I just sometimes <laughs> stumble over shit. I will do my best to edit that shit out because I'm sure it's annoying to people. But yeah, no, I just I fuck shit up. But she won't edit out the parts where I fuck up. Oh, hell no. Those are funny. Yeah. Yeah. I need to look like the pristine, well-spoken, articulate woman I am. And I'm a barbaric Northlander. Right. You lick rocks. I fucking do, but that's not because I'm Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> like, my hobbies have nothing to do with with where I live. I don't know what you're hey, talking about. True. Yeah, but I mean, they're, you know, this is true. I was going to say, it's not like you're a Canadian hillbilly or something. No, I actually live on a very flat piece of terrain, by the way. Mm, mm. Yes, because that's what that means. Absolutely. In, in, yeah, in magic, if you tap me, you get one white mana. What happens if I tap you harder? Oh, you will get the white mana. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So I'm happy you're locked in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you made me lurch over. <laughs> Did I pull I, the chain I, too hard? Well, I, I hit my mic. I heard. Back to uh, us being villains and probably a good reason why we are friends. Is because we're evil? I mean, I think more like because we're both chaotic. I'm definitely chaotic. That, that All of those internet tests have proved it. And right. I know what people say, like, you're choosing chaotic alignment because you want to be edgy. But like at some point in your life, you realize that you do need to eat the rich and burn some shit down. Right. Um. Yeah, but here's the thing. I don't necessarily know if I consider that chaotic. See, when I think of like chaotic people and the only reason I would identify as chaotic and occasionally chaotic good, chaotic neutral, chaotic evil, like some somewhere along that, because I don't necessarily do things because of morality. I will do things because I know the absolute panic drama or chaos that'll mm -hmm. occur if I do. Well, yeah. It, it, quick, quick side note. I do not subscribe to alignments in D&D in &D anyway. No. No, I don't uh, either. They're, they're fun to talk about. We can probably go into a lot more details eventually if we want to. But it's fun to haha -ha, chaotic, chaotic evil, yeah. chaotic neutral, chaotic good, blah, 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 yada, yada. But honestly, when we play, uh, even in our villainous campaign, there wasn't any question of alignment no in there and that's why we called it a villainous campaign and not an evil campaign or at least that's right. why i refer to it as such i'll only say evil but i i'm uh, because it's how other people refer to it but it is a villainous campaign yeah and uh even when we started i originally stated that villains think they're the heroes of their own story yeah so it just depends on how your character is perceived you in the world yeah 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 and especially it being a pirate themed uh so we were playing in wild mount and it was we were they were pirates the players um i was just playing whatever as a gm and like one thing that 
you need to know is, you know, pirates do be evil. Uh, they do be committing some rather right. evil acts. Though we had we had lines and veils. I had my own lines and veils in there as well. Uh, mm -hmm. But the thing is, is like pirates are inherently outside of the law. Like they are seen as villains by everyone, regardless right. of, you know. So the things that they do, like in a way, most of what you did in the game didn't really differ from, let's call it a regular campaign. However, what did differ is the methods in which you achieve these things. So here's here's how I felt that they did sort of differ, because one, um, when you are running a villainous campaign, motivation is not the same. Mm -hmm. Like when you're running a bunch of heroes around a world, it's a lot easier to get them to to follow a hook or go in a particular direction. Well, sort of, because players, but to get them interested in particular things because, you know, you need to right wrongs. Whereas a villainous campaign, you you collectively have a goal as your crew. And that's the only way that one, you kind of stay as a group. And two, you tend to like not care about other things. And it's a little bit harder to like find find the things that a a once a villain has decided like I need to do these steps to accomplish what I want, it's kind of hard to like throw anything else at them that they'll that you know that they'll go for. Where that's a oh. little I think it's a little easier with heroes. Yes, heroes are gonna do the right thing because you need to do the right thing. Right. Um in your case, you know, the overarching plot if I can spoil a, a you know, three-year-old campaign, uh, yeah. was, you know, the Pirate King was a problem. Yep. Um, what's his face? So we, we placed it after the second season of Critical Role. Uh, Wyatt Marinos, the Plank King, was getting old and he did not want to relinquish his seat. Right. And, you know, in a good... In a good aligned game, you would, you know, oh, we're going to go against the planking because the planking is bad, you know, right. pi pirate bad. Uh, let's depose him. In this game, you were also going to depose him. I mean, you, the, the events had been put into motion to get rid of him uh, yeah. a lot sooner than I thought you would. So the end result is kind of the same, you know, the planking right. is deposed. But the methods you were using, the motivation to get there, like there are things that your characters did not hesitate to do to people because, yep. you know, it's like, oh, you're you're of no use to us. Well, screw you. We're just burning your ship down and, you know, letting everyone die on it. Right. Um, leave no witnesses. Leave no witnesses. But there are also things that you did. Uh, that a hero would have done, perhaps differently. I remember the side quest. Uh, can I? Yeah, I think I'm going to name the character, not the player, because I don't know if the right. players want to be. Uh, so uh, Persephone had. Was it Persephone? Yes. Yes. Persephone had a a, a, a whole thing uh, surrounding the character that she was playing. And there was this very abusive man who so she, uh, she was basically a 
paladin slash warlock. Not quite sure because we didn't finish. Um, And she was pushed by this sort of like being of like vengeance to avenge those that were wronged. And that abusive asshole was one of them. Even in a good aligned game. Right. People would have would have absolutely gone after that person. Right. But if you had asked Janoni if she had known what was going on, she wouldn't mm-hmm. have done it. She was mm. and when she found out, that's one of the reasons why she ended up um absolutely exploding at Persephone, because she was like what the fuck is this shit? What the fuck does this have to do with our fucking plans? Who mm-hmm. gives a shit? You know, like, yeah, dude's a dick. Sure, let's kill him. I don't really fucking care. But this has nothing to do with what I, what we want to do here or our plans. Fuck this. So she was pissed. And that's actually what I ended up talking to um, Kate May. And she mm-hmm. had mentioned character bleed. My name is Kate May. I am an illustrator, specifically a character and comics and fantasy artist. So character bleed uh, happens at uh, tables when you, as a player, start to let your own emotions affect your character or your right. character's emotions affect you personally. It's it's where the lines between the make-believe and the fun table time and real-life tensions kind of start to blur yep. um, or bleed from like a art perspective, um, like watercolor. I don't know anyone who hasn't done it. It's very common, but what's important is addressing when it happens and learning how to talk with the folks at your table about it, especially if it starts to affect you in real life. Um, The most obvious example is like being angry. Like if your character is having a fight with another character and that makes you angry with the other player, that needs to be addressed. Um, it can get into weird, touchy areas, like if your character has feelings for another character and you're starting to realize that you have feelings for that player um, and it might not be something that that player is comfortable with. You know, it's uh, or it might, you know, that that other player might be like, this isn't real. So where is this coming from? Um, yeah, there's a lot of of communication that is necessary when character bleed starts to happen. I have had experiences at the table, mostly with anger, that something happens, it makes you upset, you play your character as upset, then that upsets another player and the cycle continues. My absolute favorite thing to do when situations like this happens is to go, okay, hold on, out of character, did you mean that to me or did you mean that to my character? You have to take a moment and discuss it with the other player because when it comes down to it, yes, having cohesive, continuous role play is fun, but it is so much more important to maintain a healthy working relationship with the other player. Absolutely. Yeah, really, really good example. Like tensions were really high between my character and another character in a campaign I was playing. And so I, uh, we were playing online. So I private messaged the other player saying like, we're good, right? Like this is all in character. And they said, yes, oh, oh my God, like I'm so happy you reached out. Yes, this is all in character. And I said, okay, cool. When the session ended, I said, oh, that was intense. That was great. You know, we sat and discussed it a little bit. And I was like, so next session, can we have a fight? And the other player was like, oh my God, yes, I can't wait to fight with you. 
And it turned from this like moment of tension of players and characters disagreeing to, ooh, look at this cool opportunity to like improv a fight. And we know we're going into it. We know what's going to happen. Like, or at least that we're getting into this tension space, which relieves the personal burden of, is this targeted at me? The other thing is, I think that people uh, tend to be like, oh, no, 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 you know, very dismissive and like, oh, it's okay. And then later on realize it bothered them. And I think that communication well beyond the initial conversation is something that everybody kind of needs to learn to have at the table. Absolutely. Um, Especially because like all of the actual play shows, they don't show that side. They don't show the players discussing things. They don't show the players being like, actually, I didn't mean for the scene to go that way. Can we like roll it back? You know, or, um, hey, uh, what you just said was kind of touchy and like, I didn't like it. Oh, so sorry. Let me move on and do something else. Like, uh, we tend to forget with all of the like actual play that is consumed right now that the people playing are entertainers. And so they know how to distance themselves from their character or they are good enough friends to know each other and know what's okay and what's crossing a line or if they cross a line and they have to discuss it that's off camera we don't ever get to see that part i i actually really wish that we got to see that part more in like critical world dimension 20 you know any of the big ones i i really wish we got to see more of the table talk because it it changes the expectation of players that everything needs to be perfect and smooth and beautiful role play like it is on those shows. And it's like, no, there's there's so much work that happens behind the scenes. You know, they joke about having like text threads where they're planning their battles out and things like that. But I know they've got to be texting each other being like, hey, that was rude tonight. Are we good? <laughs> like, <laughs> and I've done that before. Like if my character yells at another character and I'll be like, out of character. This is so fun. I don't want you to feel attacked. Are you okay? And they'll be like, oh, you know, yeah. Or actually, no, this is, can we do something else? And that's, it's so important to have that because if you don't have that, you only have assumptions. And I've had to leave tables for assumptions. I've had to leave tables for people that don't know how to distance themselves or they do the the terrible justification of like, I understand I hurt your feelings, but it's what my character would do. I'm going to stand by that. And I'm like, okay, cool. So then you you don't want me to have fun is what you're saying. Right. Like a perfect example is um, I was playing in a villainous campaign where we were all pirates and um, I was, my character was made captain. And at one point we, we go to a, a particular area and it, all of the other um, characters basically were doing their own thing despite the fact that we had gone there to do something very specific and as the a new captain who didn't technically want to be captain and was trying to like not only be authoritative but like know what the fuck is going on um my character got really pissed off And so during the whole episode of while she was helping her crewmates do, you know, what they needed to do, she was, uh, she was relatively quiet. And then afterwards, she just, she just fucking exploded. She was pissed. And I was playing in the game with someone who's one of my best friends and my character exploded and 
I was, you know, immediately like, we're okay. And she's like, no, I'm not. And I was like, oh, okay. I will pull back, you know, do you want to talk about it, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I need a little bit. And I was like, okay, I just want you to know that I love you. I'm not mad at you. It is not me. This is, we are playing a villainous campaign and I, I'm playing a cutthroat character. If, if that's bleeding over, if that, uh, you know, if that bothers you, whatever, we can pull back. And she ended up not really wanting to play at the table with me because she felt like she couldn't fully trust me not exploding at her because she's like, I know that it's your character. I just feel like it's at me. And I was like, that's okay. If I, if, if we can't play the game together in the future, that is entirely my fault. And I'm sorry. She felt like she was personally getting yelled at. And now I feel really, well, not now because we talked it out and and worked it out and everything, but I still felt really horrible at the time because she's like, you can switch it on and off and I can't. Right, right. I'm sorry. (laughs) I think what's important, though, is that you stopped. Yes. Right? Like, she said, I'm not okay. And you said, okay, I'm sorry. And you acknowledged that and then wanted to make a happy medium, a, 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 a cohesive space where the two of you could meet and still play together. Yes. That is what's important. Tabletop games are collaborative storytelling if you feel like you have to take the reins all the time if you feel like your character is the only one that matters you're playing the wrong game and you're the reason that we have our show's first sponsor before we technically even launched because thanks to you you introduced me to legend keeper of which i have been talking about like non-fucking-stop in these interviews and I jokingly said something to them. So they actually now sponsor our show. And if you don't know what Legend Keeper is, let us inform you. And this actually isn't going to be a commercial. It is just a really fucking cool world building tool. And it's why I talk about it so much. I, normally, I would preface this by hashtag not sponsored because it's just us literally, right. you know, going, uh, going crazy over it. But... It is actually sponsor. Right, right. Normally, I would I would say like they should sponsor us, but like and I fuck it. I have talked about them in almost every single interview I've done so far. Mm-hmm. Simply because something will come up and I'm always like, you know what? <laughs> Legend Keeper would take care of that for you. <laughs> yeah, like ever since I was introduced to it uh, by a friend of mine, David, he I used to have like wikis and or word documents and or paper notes, but there was always, I don't know, the wikis were the closest thing to Legend Keeper. Um, right. But there was always like a few little things missing, like a few like, let's call them quality of life or, or UX issues that I had. Right. That once I jumped on Legend Keeper, I was like, well, this is fantastic. And also, you know, it as opposed to a wiki where it's depending on what you host it on and all that, it's a mess to try to give your players permissions to edit pages, to view pages. To, so in Legend Keeper, like 
or let's go with our villainous campaign. There's a lot of information none of you players were privy to, but they were on the page. Like if I look at the page, it is right there on the page for me because it's like in this little like call out box that I call uh, they, they're called secrets. Mm-hmm. And that allows me, you know, the moment I was looking at an NPC and let's take the planking because I'm on the page right now. Um, I had the entire track of, um, you know, how we were sort of uh, gamifying the uh, whisper campaign against them. Yes. And and uh, undermining his authority. They're all right. on there. So that the moment I looked at his page, like the first thing I saw was where we're at in that campaign. What were the DCs that y'all needed to roll? The damage that you would do to his um, uh, to his rule, Empire. which yeah, which which was uh, almost by the time we ended was almost half of um, half of his campaign, half of his rule had been undermined. Uh-huh. But that that little box that shows up in a different color with all the secrets. You can put it anywhere on the page, by the way. It's just there's an entire section on Legend Keeper that's just templates that people have made that can mm-hmm. be as in-depth as like a 20 freaking page template for a city. Um, or they can be uh, a lot simpler, depending on what you need. And of course, you know, there's a lot about role playing games on there. But there's a lot of templates for just people that write fanfic or, yeah. or that want to, you know, write their own, you know, original content um, of how to like, you know, remember where where you need to go, what the action is supposed to be and uh, which character, you know, was already encountered and what is their role or what is there anything that you need to plug in later chapters and all that. So there are templates for that as well. Uh, there's a lot of maps like interactive maps, which I loved. It was the, the one thing that sold me were the interactive maps. Yeah, same. Absolutely same. Not just as a cartographer either. Mm-hmm. And this is how we got the Blood um, Blood Reef Islands, which is one of the maps that I make. Indeed, yeah. yeah. And uh, remade because I could. And mm-hmm. um, I actually put the Genonia. I finished her story in my own head canon because I can. And made her a pirate queen and then gave her islands and NPCs and everything else. And that's actually one of the things I have on my site. But I also now have it on Legend Keeper because I love that. I, I love that you can put a map down that has like no names on it. And then you could just drop pins and name them. And then if you click those, they'll go to whatever page is about whatever that pin is. So whether it's a town or a city or whatever so it and you can hide them so as you're crawling across a map you can reveal a pin and that's how your players you know find out what's in that area i love that idea you know on top of everything else the fact that you can have calendars that you can you can now roll dices mm-hmm. uh dice in their newest update I was going to say, yeah, they added it's a very simple uh, and they don't need anything more than that. It's not a VTT, but sometimes it's fun to just have because I have a lot of like random tables in on, in my Legend Keeper. And sometimes I'm just I'm going to roll something. But then if you have to go into roll 20 and then type something, everyone sees it. Uh, yep. You can take dice, you can roll dice. People will hear it 
And sometimes it's just, it's not the heightened tension. I will often use, that's my style, I'll often use GM roles to heighten tension or to uh, put the players in a certain mood. But sometimes I just want to roll randomly because I'm like, oh shit, I don't have a name for that NPC. Right. Then I just I just roll it on Legend Keeper. No one knows, no one here. And uh, and it's magical. So now we have an official sponsor, which is just absolutely fucking awesome. Uh, link will be in the description. Go check them out. I believe they have a free trial. Uh, tell them that you heard it on here. And, mm. you know... Like, just, just go do that. <laughs> so the other thing I ended up talking to Kate about was mm-hmm. uh, something we actually had a um, rather funny moment over, which of course was um, Boulder's Gate 3 trailer. Oh yeah, bear fucking... Oh, hell yeah. So, of course, you know, we had the conversation regarding whether or not, uh, you know, is having sex with a druid in wild shape form a form of bestiality? And so we're just going to segue right into that conversation with Kate. Well, we just had that conversation. If you saw the um, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we're we're gonna have this conversation now. Okay. 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 Is it still a bestiality if it's a druid in wild shape form? No. Absolutely fucking not. It's not. <laughs> it, the the defining difference yes. between being attracted to like animalistic things mm-hmm. and sexually wanting to go into that direction versus bestiality, in my opinion, in bestiality. There is no consent. Correct. In being into other stuff, being a monster fucker, which all of us are, let's be Hell honest. Yeah. We've all yep. seen Lion King. We're all furries now. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> there is consent. If there is consent, it is completely different. Yes. And it can't be implied consent. It can't be imagined consent. It has right. to be consent. And if you watch the Baldur's Gate trailer, they talk about it first. Yes. And there's consent from both sides. It's not bestiality. Exactly. And the thing is, or the key for me, is that both or all parties, if you have more than two, all parties are on the same exact level of consent. Because one of the arguments is a particular animal in heat. And it's like, yeah, but it's there's not the same level of consciousness and sentience. It's like the the sex pollen debate on yes. on like AO3 and things of like, well, if something else is controlling you, aka your biology, that's not the same. Right. So right. Yeah, so, yeah. I yeah, I agree with you that heat and and consent are not the same thing. And that's you know, get into like all sorts of discussions about what people are into, what people like to imagine. Um but the most important thing of all is consent to me. Absolutely. And absolute unmistakable consent. Right. Yeah. Although not to say that, you know, uh, people sometimes can process trauma by playing with like dubious consent. Um, yes. As long as it's discussed beforehand, there's, yep. there's so many things I'm, 
hyper sex positive. I'm all for like, let's discuss this. Let's figure it out. Let's not make this taboo anymore. Let's talk about this stuff because Americans are terrified of talking about sex, which is hilarious (laughs) because it's in every single advertisement. Um, Yes. Sex sells. Yeah, exactly. Um, So there's a lot of space to talk about like consent and the grayness of it. But if you want to get down to the nitty gritty, consent is both parties clearly saying yes. Right. Anything other than that, you got to get into these morally gray areas. Right. Um, I always uh, uh, have wonderfully said that consent takes more than a single word. So it isn't just yes. It is a conversation beforehand. It's it's yes and. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. We maybe shouldn't say that. (laughs) But Sort of, yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Because I always joke that it needs to be an enthusiastic yes. Enthusiastic is a very good way to say. Yeah. Yeah. So who knew, listeners, that when you were tuning in, this is the conversation we were going to have. Who knew? We did. We did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I knew when inviting you on, (laughs) this was going to turn into immediately. That we were going to talk about the Baldur's trailer Druid Bear. Yeah. Hell yes, we were. Yeah. The moment I saw it, I was like, yep, nope. This is what me and Kate are going to be talking about. (laughs) This is definitely the trailer came out and the audience was like squealing. And I'm sitting there like, I can't believe they've done this. I cannot believe they've done this. I am so happy right now. And you know, let's be be fucking honest. If you romance a druid, that's half the fun. Fucking hell yeah. I play mostly druids. Really? Is druids like your number one? Absolutely. I love it. We basically said that as long as it's a discussion had beforehand and it's an enthusiastic yes, it is not bestiality. The point is that it must be consensual on all parties. And yes, we're all monster fuckers. Uh, yeah, that that's a given. I, I say whole point about the wild shape is if you're attracted to the person before they wild shape anyway, that's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's different to say, no, I'm attracted to Halson, the hunky himbo. Uh, the fact that he turns into a bear because he's going to absolutely ravage me. Um, that's one thing. It would be the same to me. I see the wild shape as the mm-hmm. D&D equivalent of using sex toys. Oh, my God. As a druid, I love that. It's like a fursuit. Right. And here's the thing. If the druid in bear form doesn't want to have sex with you, they're just going to fucking maul you to death. So don't try and fuck bears without consent first. Well, Yes. I was trying to think very quickly of like another they could just turn into a fire elemental like mid mid right. fuck. Right. So here's the thing. Be good in bed, too, apparently, before you have sex with a druid, because. Oh, shit gets real. It, it mean, depends if if they're yeah. a moon druid, you're in for like mm. a time. But if they're like a regular druid, like they can't do it too much. You know, they're going to get like tuckered out. Well, it depends on what level you are. No, because they have. Oh no, that's true. They have infinite now. It's just it's the the animal itself that is, uh, or the shape itself that is different. Actually, whatever class you are, honestly, right. Any sex between adventurers is probably wild. I mean, even your barebone fighter has like second wind. Think about that. 
Oh, right. And extra actions? I, I absolutely, because I've never thought about it as a fighter. Because, you know, obviously I play druids mostly. Um, so the whole thing with Baldur's Gate 3 is absolutely par for the chorus as far as a druid is concerned, mm-hmm. or it should be. But nobody thinks right? about fighters. That's the problem. Like, where are my fighters at? Hala. Flurry of blows. I mean, the name alone, lots of... What's a suggestion? Yeah, right like you you might be thinking about, you know, punching and stuff, but, you know. I was thinking orgy. Yeah, that's that's pretty much. Um, I mean, that just sounds like speed orgy yeah. or speed fellatio. Yeah. 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 Flurry of blows. You know, monks can use both their hands. Uh, they actually, you know, on arm strike is a thing where you use your entire body. Uh, so, you know, they know how to use their entire bodies. I mean. Right. That, of course, to me, just makes me think of like boobs. Yeah, that too. There's. Um, yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do I have as here? A, as a big chested woman, I could definitely take out a small village, mm-hmm. release them the mm-hmm. right way. Yeah. The the barbarian has something called indomitable. I don't care about the words after, but like, oh. you know. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm happy with that first word. Uh, bards. Oh, OK, stereotypes aside. Um yeah, right. Yeah. But but the bard also has access to secrets. Like secrets and expertise. Mm-hmm. Which which is kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, they know shit. They know shit that right. you know the shit that your mom warned you about. They know about it. Right. I don't have to draw a bard's a map. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um I'm looking at the paladin and I'm stopping right there at first level, which is lay on hands. Uh. Oh, see, now here's the thing. See, I definitely wouldn't have thought anything regarding paladins, but it's mostly because of the stereotype of paladins. Yeah, as like stuck up, uh, stuck up protectors of their own virginity. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I want someone to play a really, really horny paladin. Um, I'm going to stop you with the paladin and go first level ranger. Ranger being my favorite class. And honestly, oh, fuck yeah. Again, it's going to play on a word, but natural explorer. I mean, again, you make the map. Like, I can bring everything back to it. It has not, yeah. <laughs> weird, right? Um, <laughs> That's so strange. Okay. The rogue is cunning action. Cunning linguist. Gotcha. Yeah, like we can we can go with that. They um uh, uh I don't have a joke for that one. Um <laughs> Say it anyhow. Let's let's see what I was trying to with. think of something for slippery mind, but Really you can't come up with a joke for that. It's just I can come up with something with slippery, but the word mind added to it, I'm like, I don't like the like I I don't know what you're thinking. Um Oh, I was just thinking you instantly know if someone is having perverted thoughts. Oh, that works. Like you can just you can just detect somebody's rogues, having some thirsty thirsty. Yeah, thoughts. rogues are used to being somewhere in the gutter. Let's just yes. leave it at that. Um, right. So, uh, sorceress origin, aberrant mind. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Lots of thoughts, but. Um, one of the cool things that sorcerers can do is, you know, they turn they turn their sorcery into slots. 
I rest my case. Uh, I okay, mean... warlocks have tentacles. Moving on. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the, yeah, but those are mm -hmm. so wizards. Wizards. Wizards have a lot of things because, you know, as various as the spells they have. But I remember right. that Matthew Mercer created a few wizard classes. I say Matthew Mercer might not have been just him, but in in uh, Exandria. Right. And you have like the mages that, you know, duplicate themselves. Oh. You know, and the whole thing. You can have a threesome, whole, threesome with yourself. Yeah. Or the whole, I mean, with someone else as well, it, but yeah. yeah. Well, Gale, Gale now, shows that you that can BG? do it with just cantrips. Just talking about BG3. Right. Um, yes. But they can also control but, gravity. Okay. If if you um, uh, invoke duplicity and someone has sex with your duplicate, is that cheating? Actually, I think could put on my like rule lawyer glasses but i think the moment they try anything <laughs> with it they realize that they go through you think that's going to stop someone well it's because to anybody else who's not under <laughs> the effect of invoke duplicity like the person that actually casted it like i just figured they see someone get naked and like hump the air i'm um, yeah, I guess. There's also a thing about a blood hunter, but there's probably something I can say about it. But um. well, that one we're probably gonna we're probably not gonna really talk about too much because I really don't want to. Um, I mean, I'm I don't have a problem. Okay, I'm sorry. I will say something about the blood hunter because it's the first sentence in the class description, and we'll leave okay. it there. Face dripping with okay. sweat. I mean, yes. Because if you're not sweating, are you even fucking? I mean, yeah. Oh, uh, we, we skipped over Artificer. Something, something toys. Oh. Right? I mean, the Warlock has their tentacles. The, the Artificer got, you know, infinite toys. And, and they can make them exceedingly quickly, yeah. as you recall from mm -hmm. our last game. When I had an artificer, although she wasn't making sex toys, but I mean, no, but they have they have like, a feature called the right tool for the job. So, you know, I mean, I've got that. Like, it's a tricky subject because there has been very poor taste books about that before. Um, yes. Which is yes. though there is something I will plug but is a designer that I uh, greatly uh, admire, Sharong mm -hmm. Biswas. And I'm, okay. I'm really hoping I didn't butcher your last name, Sharong. Um, Honey and Hot Wax is a... Something we'll have a link to. Yes, an, an anthology for erotic art games. Uh, it is something that Lucian Khan, who made uh, Malgoths versus Visigoths, which is an amazing RPG, uh, if you like mm -hmm. mall culture and, and very queer stuff. And uh, and Sharon, who uh, I think was like the lead on all that and put it together. And it's basically an anthology of RPGs that are all, first of all, sex positive, of course. Um, yep. 
but that are all about sex in a way sex sexuality um eroticism there's a lot of things like it's very varied uh, i've only been privy to part of it by like you know through talking with uh with them i haven't sat down to read the whole thing yet because my list of things to read is just infinite yep. um but i highly i highly uh suggested to to anyone recommended yeah thank you to anyone who um who would like to have so you know we're we're, we're talking and we're laughing about D classes and and um double entendres and euphemisms uh, but like in all seriousness if you're looking for something like games about that subject that is one of the games that like wasn't made as a as a Know, disgusting book or or anything like that uh it's very well made go get it if you can i i'm looking at it right now it's oh shit uh, my prices are in canadian uh it's like 10 bucks <laughs> that's it's like okay. 10 bucks us and it's like a, it's we'll a, put a link in the description yeah, we'll put a link in the, the description but it's a 100 page book for 10 bucks See, here's the thing is this is a great topic because um, one, obviously, we are very sex positive. I I love that, again, as long as everything is an enthusiastic yes and enthusiastic consent, mm -hmm. uh, especially at the table and things are discussed beforehand, all this stuff can be a, a great deal of fun. Yep. Um, it's actually one of my lines. Um, one of your lines to not discuss sex no, or to have so, sex? <laughs> uh, no, but there's one thing <laughs> that I will not do, and I don't do explicit description of, because I right. I personally, Simon, cannot in all seriousness look at my friends in the eyes and basically engage and in cyber them sex. Having sex. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, no, 100% there. It, it's uh, just too... I also don't like the whole role for performance. Like, I. Uh, that's some like teenage you... bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know whether or not you're going to have good sex, I don't. I My character doesn't want to have sex with yours. Mm. Like, no, no. If you need to roll performance, we're good. I'm just going to go take care of myself thanks <laughs> yeah but yeah so uh this podcast will talk a lot about um body positivity sex positivity mm -hmm. and queer spaces queer people uh gay trans everyone's invited to our table as long as you're not racist or a bigot yeah so, uh, yeah, and if these subjects bother you, please, by all means, don't listen. A lot of us have these kind of conversations at our table. We don't necessarily have them when we're when we're having a show on Twitch or where uh, a lot of the um, streamed games don't have these conversations because, you know, you are blindsiding your audience randomly mm -hmm. and you know i'm looking at you laura bailey uh who absolutely let's face facts there's 
There's a Laura Bailey at every fucking table. I'm usually that Laura Bailey at the tables I play mm-hmm. at. You say anything and I can fucking pervert it. I just absolutely snicker like an idiot. Just like, <laughs> you said butthole. You know, like, I'm I'm totally that person. Uh, which I'm sure for a lot of a lot of people who don't know me are just going to be like, what the fuck did I just listen to? And that's okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to preface all of this at the beginning with like, you know, this is what this is about. But you should be doing that at the table as well. Yes. And sex can be discussed and 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 enjoyed uh, by characters and stuff at the table with one without it being like an absolute giggle fest, but also without it being disgusting mm-hmm. or without traumatizing your players or doing something that they don't want. Especially, and I'm sure a lot of us can right now think of particular instances in recent history where um, a GM just sprung it on their players during a live show. Yep. And And it's not something that you do, period. Um, Full stop. Yeah. But also... It's also okay to not have any sex in your game. Absolutely. It's also... It's okay to be asexual, to be well, yeah. pansexual, to be non-sexual. Like, none of it... No. All of this should be discussed ahead yeah. of time. And I get... I think we're going to talk about that more with, like, safety tools at some point. But I get that sometimes these discussions ahead of time, especially... So, as a streamer... Um, we often do these, you know, open casting calls. And right. when you have an open casting call because you're, you know, looking into playing with new people that you haven't had the like opportunity. I've I've done quite a few uh, and I've met wonderful people uh, that that I love. And the issue here is when you're a bunch of strangers getting together at a table right. and you're like, OK, we're going to talk about lines and fails. Some people may be a little shy about saying, oh, I'm not comfortable with X, Y or Z because you don't know who everybody else is. And it's also normal to have that discussion, you know, that session zero discussion, but to also maybe have it like later on, like one of the things that I do, uh, and I'm not saying that it's a perfect method, but when we have our session zero and we have our safety tools, my thing is, I almost recommend them not to fill out the lines and veils that night. You can do so if you want to. It's in a Google Doc, but because it's in a Google Doc, if someone types in something, everybody see that someone is typing something. And maybe you're a little too shy. Maybe you don't want that to come out. You can do it anonymously after we're done. And I, as the GM, periodically look at that document. just to see, you know, especially like before a session, like has anything been added? Has anything been removed? Because that's the thing. Lines and veils aren't immutable either. Uh, So maybe you don't want to hear about sex for like the whole campaign. But then, you know, there's a slow burn romance after like six months of playing every week. And you're like, you know, I know that those two characters like should get together. And I know that I said that normally I, I don't want that. But like for this one time, this one exception, because I feel comfortable with these players, with this table, with these characters, like, can we just have like that romance scene that eventually fades to black? 
Like, can we have that Dragon right. Age moment? And right. it's fine exactly. to remove it, but because you've removed it once, doesn't mean that all of a sudden the entire game becomes like an orgy. So, so one, while you're playing a game, you may not know something is a trigger until it happens in game. Mm-hmm. So the first, the first thing that you should do, especially when uh, starting a table with people that you don't know how they play or exactly how it's going to go, and also when we're put on the spot and someone's like, "What's your lines?" You know, you may not think about everything until like, "Oh shit, it's coming up in game." So one, there should always be something in order for you to be able to like pause the game and and say like you know i'm not okay with this or literally a word like i even make the joke when i start this podcast that uh for everyone that i'm interviewing i turn around and say you know if i ask you a question that you're uncomfortable answering just say the word pass and we'll edit that out because I don't ever want to make anyone uncomfortable. And if you don't want to answer anything, you don't even have to fucking tell me why. That's perfectly fine. I don't need to know. But I want you to feel comfortable enough to to say something and say like yes or no or whatever. And a table should absolutely be the same way, even if it's in the middle of something happening. Because, again, you may not think of a trigger until you're in the middle of it happening. There was a pass go to you told me that i had to answer all the questions otherwise i don't get fed listen i will do you want to stay in the basement forever shut the fuck up you don't get a safety word by the way everybody gets a safety word no matter what everything you said is is absolutely 100 uh, true and valid and everyone should I mean, the ball is going to get dropped, like you said, you know, sometimes you don't know that you're going to be triggered by something until it happens. The goal is to minimize the harm and to ensure that it doesn't happen again and that all of this is done in good faith. Uh, I know we've talked about good and bad faith in in my interview, so I'm not going to stick on that too long. But like, there's also that too, like, you know, using safety tools, but using them properly and and making sure that, you know, if something happens, not to gloss over and be like, well, it wasn't, you didn't put it in the documents or whatever. Uh, no, like, screw you for doing that. Yeah. And if you if you end up at a table and they don't mention it, bring it up. Because unfortunately what happens, so many people want to be a part of a table or community or a game that just sounds really amazing. So... You know, we start everything and none of this stuff is brought up and we think at some point it will and then it just isn't. And unfortunately, what happens is is you're so excited and you want to say yes, but anyone who doesn't bring safety tools to the table is most likely going to do something. And, And not saying that everyone does it with that intention, but if if the table doesn't have those those tools in place one of the best and simplest safety tool i've had at a con that i've used and i keep using is hello everyone just so you all know baseline this game is the equivalent of a rated t14 game that way we immediately like put aside a lot like lines on a lot of things except swearing because i keep swearing um 
And is there going to like, is there going to be gore and violence because we want to play like cyberpunk and we want that? OK, sure, we're going to have it. But you know what? We're not going to touch everything else because it's a convention. We don't know each other. I'm just here for people to have a good time. And especially if we're playing cyberpunk, we want people to, you know, throw a grenade, have it bounce back and explode in the face of the party and end the session four hours early. Um, right. True story. Or, or you <laughs> want to have Simon roll very poorly in all of his games during a convention and players going like, wow, this was very easy. And I'm like, yeah, it shouldn't happen. I've rolled like six natural ones. Uh, right. But the point is, there's a, a certain like when I play an, a, a game on stream or I sit down for a long term campaign, I will dedicate a lot more time to safety tools. When you don't have that amount of time, it's also OK to be like, look, in this game, this game is peachy. Right. And you can do this as a player. You can go to any any well, any table for that matter and say, I'm playing a PG character. Specifically, I'm playing either a younger character or I'm playing a character that, you know, isn't going to um, in any way, you know, join in this type of discussion or this type mm -hmm. of activity. Full stop. Yep. And you don't, one, you don't have to explain yourself to anybody mm -hmm. at the table, but also, you know, it, it sets a very clear understanding, hopefully, to your, your GM, the type of character you want to play, mm -hmm. and that immediately if they go, well, that's not the kind of campaign or kind of game that I'm running, you now know you can go to another table. In in a convention setting also, you can just have a sheet up, like mm -hmm. a sign, with the lines and veils and themes and elements that are featured in the game. Especially if you're in a, a place that's like a pick up and play type of thing, or like a free play area. It's like, look, this game has X, Y, Z. Here are the lines and veils. There, you know, we, we can add to it and everything, but at least you'll see as a player, you'll notice at a glance, oh yeah, no, this is not for me. Uh, yeah. Which, which you know, because as a player, you also want to protect yourself sometimes. You're playing with, uh, with randos, so who knows? There's nothing the matter with changing your mind. Uh, there's nothing the matter with, I mean, I've, I've sat down at a table and absolutely my character fell in love with another character that I was like, well, I hadn't, I hadn't planned on having this kind of game, but say something to the other player and be like, Hey, my character is kind of like, yeah, it's like you, <laughs> I end up yours. I, di I didn't plan on this. And yet here we are. Yes. Um, Just like this podcast. Yeah. I've played uh, with a few people. Um, there was a, a game that I played that was a, like very romance heavy. Lady Blackbird, which mm. I absolutely adore. And romance was definitely on the table. And it got to a right. point where I actually reached out to the uh, to the GM because I was like, I'm not I'm not 100 percent comfortable, but I don't want it to stop. Now, I'm not talking about like the, the X right. and an O card. This was a discussion outside of the game, like after a session, because we were going into something. And I'm like, you know what? From now on, I want you to go farther and treat ev like treat all of my reactions as ends because I want to see like I'm curious. And then if something happens, I'll let you know, like I'll, I'll put the brakes on. Um, and this was, you know, a, a change that happened um, because the camp I, I did not expect I did not expect things to turn that way.
Hello everyone, this is Editor Devin, and um, I just want to say if you've made it all the way to this far in the podcast, I could not possibly thank you enough. This is sort of just a passion project of mine. I just want to sit down with friends and talk about games and gaming and being in the industry and being artists and just, just sort of having fun as I dated earlier. And I really kind of hope that we talk about things that people enjoy listening to. Not all of our podcasts are going to be uh, this much into... Well, you know what? I don't know. Because honestly, it's me and Simon and, you know, these are our normal Tuesday conversations. But I do hope to have uh, so much more interesting things going on, including talking about world building, map making, uh, just being a creative in the space. And yes, I'll, I'll probably be asking my guests some odd questions about their uh, escapades as characters and their D&D games or being a GM, just a little bit of everything. But this is pretty much what a lot of the podcast is going to be like, or at least for now. But everything evolves and everything moves on and changes. And I really kind of hope that it turns into something that uh, we just get to have a lot of fun with and sort of just enjoy listening to everyone else that's from our community kind of talk about the same things we do and kind of get goofy, silly and have a lot of fun. So I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you listen to our next episode. (laughs) 